What's up, Buggy fans? We are at Hill 4. That's right, it is season four of Shoot the Shit, and we are back with some more of the best stories in the world of Buggy to show you what makes a sport special, which is you, the characters and the teams that build up the wonderful legacy and lore of the sport of Buggy. So go ahead and strap on your safety harnesses, get in, because it's time for some more great Buggy stories here on Shoot the Shit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the Shit. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Anyways, I've had some really cool stories to kick off the season, but a lot of that's kind of focused on the past and stories and perhaps the future with Build Book. Uh, but let's get into the now. Uh, you know, what really makes Buggy what it is, and those are the current students. Uh, this week, I talk to the current chairs of CIA. I have a whole bunch of questions I really was interested in asking them. You know, stuff about what's it been like building up this team kind of post-COVID? How do you recruit? How do you manage a team without having really had much of a race day under your belt? Um, so we get into some of those topics as well, some interesting CIA-specific stuff. You know, they are really contenders, one of the top teams, maybe the closest team knocking on uh, SDC's doors. Uh, so what is it like building it into a really high-level contending team, but still keeping together the CIA culture that we all know and love that is kind of goofy and, and, and wacky and stuff like that? Can that coexist with the winning culture? It seems so. But we learn how they do that. Here's some really, really good stories as well. Uh, this one's a blast, so uh, get ready. We're shooting the shit. How's it going? Uh, I'm Elliot. I am the build lead this year for CIA Buggy. I am Leo. I was the former build lead last year for Roadrunner, and now I am a current push captain. I'm Olivia. I'm the current co-chair. And my name is Nate, and I am the current head mechanic for CIA. Awesome. Well, thank you all very much. Really excited to have you here. Uh, dive into things. Um, you know, I think almost a month to the day we're recording this away from race day right now. Uh, I guess to start out, how are you feeling as a team kind of leading up to, to things this year? Well, we're super excited. We have really strong push teams so far. The pressures that are coming out are really fast. Um, we have a lot of good mechanics turnout lately. Our garage hours have been fun. I don't know, Nate, Elliot, Leo, do you have anything to add? I think we've got, <laughs> I, we're feeling confident this year. I think we've got a good shot done a really good job on the recruitment side of things and we've had really good success and good practice of roles. So we're, we're feeling confident. We're feeling hot coming into it. Yeah. Nice. Is there uh, I, I guess you were saying there, there is a new build this year, correct? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm the one to take that one. So uh, there was a build process this year, uh, but we're not going to be coming out with a new buggy. Uh, there were some, you know, we wanted to take more time to actually develop our, our some new processes that we're trying to implement. Um, and that resulted in just a two year build process. So this has happened before in CIA's history, it's not unprecedented. We definitely wanted to get a new buggy out. Um, it's a little bit of a shame that we didn't, but we're, we're really happy with the direction that we went in and are super excited to get one out next year. Awesome. Cool. And we can maybe jump into that uh, a, a little bit more later. But w another thing that, that was mentioned I kind of want to pick up on is, you know, you mentioned you had a, a really good recruitment process this year. I guess sort of how did that go and maybe even something I think a lot of us are interested in who, who listen to this podcast is just what was this year's recruitment like kind of after finally having had a race day and some semblance of a return to, to normalcy on campus and, and how did recruiting kind of go and, and what was it like? I'll say we were really, really, really fortunate that we had a really strong recruitment last year in particular coming out of COVID we had a lot of people trying to get involved in things on campus, uh, and we got a lot of freshmen and sophomores because it was their first time being on campus. And so I think we really kind of leveraged that. We now have a, a really big team just because we did so well last year. So we had a lot of manpower. We could go out and we could really try to recruit in full and get people to just, you know, bring in friends of theirs. Um, we also went out on the cut, just like everybody else, over by the fence, and we were did a lot of tabling. Um, and I think, I think we are one of the teams that does the most tabling. I don't know if we're the most. I don't think so, but definitely up there. And uh, we were really, really good at just getting both people we knew from our, like, network of all the people in the org and also just trying to go up to more people really during those first couple weeks of the school year and try to get them interested and expose them to what Buggy is because most of them don't even know. Do you all still do the pancakes? Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <mean, laughs> myself here. 
we just restarted that. So I took over as uh, the interim pay kicking chair, which is a self-appointed title. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, it's some, it's a great way to get people introduced to CIA. You know, it's, it's not necessarily a recruiting event in its nature, but uh, people come up and ask, you know, why are you doing this? Or why are these free pancakes? And then you can kind of rope them into buggy a little bit, uh, not super directly. But yeah, this Monday, we had a, a 30 degree pancaking day. People loved it. Um, and we'll be doing that every Monday from now on. So. Yeah, pancaking was a little shaky last year and then this year, especially because of COVID. So Elliot's doing a good job with bringing that back. Yeah, COVID yeah. rules really, really <laughs> yeah. destroyed pancaking. We weren't allowed to give out food unless it was like individually wrapped <laughs> and we weren't allowed to. There was a lot of a lot of things that made panca- pancaking go on a like two and a half to three year hiatus there. Yeah, you had to be like food safe certified or something like that. Yeah, we definitely don't have that now. All all good. I think they've always been a little fast and loose with those rules. Um, I don't know. I always I always loved the CIA pancakes. I feel like I was tabling nearby and it was always nice to eat. Anyways, um, I, I, I do think that is kind of an interesting thing within it, though. So if you could just refresh my memory, um, were you all freshmen? for race day 19 or was 2020 your freshman year like did you have a quote-unquote normal race day before last year so uh i'm the only one here who's a senior so my freshman year was 2020 so i did not get a race day um my freshman year and then everyone else here is a a junior so they came in during covid so none of us here had seen a race day when we had one last year cool yeah to me that's such a just fascinating thing kind of within the culture of the sport. And I guess kind of a testament to some of these different organizations, right? Where CIA has been on quite a roll. You know, if you look, I think it's something like since 2015, both men's and women's have been top five pretty much every year since there. Um, And, you know, last year, obviously there was the DQ, but you know, top their third place finish on the men's side. Um, And I guess kind of how was that transition with you all just in terms of maintaining CIA culture and kind of those standards and the personality and everything with kind of that big gap in, in race days. And what have you done to kind of establish in your mind, like who CIA is and that kind of identity? Yeah. So Nate and I joined in our freshman year and Elliot joined his sophomore year, but he's the same grade as us. But I think for maintaining who like what CIA really is and the culture, first we kind of emphasized the social aspect of it and kind of making sure, well, not making sure, but um, I don't know, it helps that everybody is friendly and we're all, we all get along. Um, so keeping events like our late nights, um, I don't know, just like general officer hangouts, stuff like that that really creates a really strong team. And so that's more of the social aspect, but. I yeah, know. I mean, we've certainly also kind of had to reinvent our culture a little bit and our identity just because that two, two and a half year gap, we, you know, a lot of the older members at the beginning have not, did not get to meet any of the younger members coming in during COVID. Um, and so things probably do look pretty different. I know they're, you know, we just restarted our pancaking, which is something that was kind of a, a staple in the past. And just other traditions and stuff that have, you know, kind of been lost um, to COVID a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think we also owe a lot of the stuff we've maintained to some of our older members. Um, You know, some of the people who were juniors and seniors during those COVID years for kind of sticking around and like sticking with us a little bit uh, to make sure that we were not not just like up to speed necessarily, but kind of, you know, keeping the org going. Totally totally makes sense I, I i think it is just just a weird thing to work with have you felt any pressure from like alumni or people you don't necessarily know just um, like keep our organization alive like keep cia weird or, or whatever because <laughs> there yeah. is a, oh sorry go ahead oh yeah i mean natalie mcguire our faculty advisor who was cia chair in i think 2010 Um, She told Leo and I, the other co-chair recently, that she was really proud of how we've kept the culture weird, but we're also um, really strong in our mechanical, like our mech aspects Mm -hmm. and then our pusher aspects. 
and she was really happy about that. Um, yeah, and also we have lost like there was some concern about knowledge lost along the way, especially mm-hmm. with um, our drivers and our mechanics. Um, but they've done a good job recently about keeping that all up to date. Yeah, and I mean, there's been a lot of like reaching out to older members, even people. You know, there's a couple of connections between some of the like the people who just graduated or graduated two years ago and some of the members who joined during COVID. But there's been a, a bit of a push as well to sort of reach out to older members, maybe who graduated two years ago, who you don't necessarily know, but you've heard of or you've yeah. met, you know, yeah. on race day or at carnival because they came back the year after they graduated or something like that, just to try to, you know, fill in any gaps we didn't necessarily know we had and then, you know, came up at some point. Um, so that, yeah, there's been a, a lot of concerted efforts to sort of bridge those gaps as well um, because those connections just weren't made because of COVID. Right. Yeah, that, that that totally makes sense. That that is cool to hear that um, you know, from uh, uh from Natalie or whatnot because I've always liked that about CIA. Uh just kind of you are able to balance you know, a lot of I think what makes Buggy cool and kind of the spirit and a very CMU-iness of it, but like clearly you are getting results at um the same time so you know one thing i i have been curious about is just the push team quality has seemed really good over the past decade or so like what goes into that recruitment because that was something where you know again to to date myself like during my day i think cia had good tech pretty consistently but really was always missing the pushers um are, are there things you can share about how you just really have such a strong push culture now that has been so consistent yeah i mean as a as the resident uh push captain i can kind of jump on that one mm-hmm. um you know i think i think it's the team has acknowledged kind of from the past couple of years kind of like what you said where over the past you know many decades we've really refined and worked on our mechanicing and all of our actual like designs and so we kind of got to a point where i think we realized Uh, that's our strong point and so we should be working on kind of targeting our weak points more um so i think there's been a a more concerted effort by us to try to really go out there and reach out to pushers and try to focus on making things so we can get pushers who are part of the org who are you know potentially going to be those a and b team pushers and i'm really happy um just with everybody this year with that recruiting um you know, there were times where I would be a little stressed out as, you know, I felt like maybe I wasn't doing enough as push captain to go reach out to people. And every time I was really happy that the team kind of pulled together. And when, if I ever dropped the ball, somebody was right there to pick it up. And so it was really great to see everybody kind of come together and really try to acknowledge that this is something we want to focus on and then really push that forward. Awesome. Yeah. Is there certain, um, groups you target pushers for like i know some teams it's like oh they have just like the entire soccer team and then that's their push squad or is it kind of more you you obviously want athletes but like a cia culture fit as well yeah so that's that's a really great question we definitely do think about you know our culture and you know it would be a shame to have uh, a team of people we just didn't know coming in um Mm -hmm. at the very end so i think we have really tried to find that balance between you know, being part of the team and trying to reach out to others. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a formula for it. I think it's just trying to reach out to people, see who people know. And, you know, uh, one of the advantages of just being so big is that even if I don't know somebody, somebody probably does. And so it's really nice to have all of those resources, just kind of throw out a really big net and then see who you can uh, get to join the team. You know, you mentioned, right, so many of these new incoming freshmen last year and this year have no idea what buggy is or even necessarily buggy culture is, or even if they were upperclassmen who hadn't seen a a race day, um, kind of these preconceived notions of who teams are and what they're about, I I think may not have been as kind of prevalent to them. And and we've, we've talked about some of the things you did to maintain the CIA, uh, CIA culture, but you know, in terms of, interacting i guess with with some of these freshmen and like how you're pitching yourselves like how do you all see cia as kind of a culture and to be overly reductive a brand and kind of how that is positioned in front of um you know potential recruits 
Um, I mean, the way that I kind of see it and I pitch it when I'm recruiting is kind of what I what I saw when I joined as a freshman virtually um, was that they were, you know, a team who knows how to have fun, but is also passionate and competitive. So, you know, I feel like we we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but I feel like we draw a really good line between like we're a strong team. You know, we want other we want we've earned the respect of the other top teams and we want to be able to get out there and get the results. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we're feeling confident this year. We feel like we're coming in hot. But we also, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, we like to have fun. We like to be a social group. Um, and so that's kind of how I feel like we have been targeting our recruitment, how we pitch ourselves. You know, when we're tabling, we've got the big yellow tent out there. Everyone can see us. We wear, you know, this ridiculous yellow color everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yellow um, definitely helps. Like, it yeah. helps us stand out. But I think it's it's a good balance of, like, you know, we're fun, we're goofy, we're having a good time. And then, you know, suddenly we're pushing right past you, right? So <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of how I see it. Oh, uh, that's I, good. Oh, yeah, go I ahead. Also, uh, yeah, just to hop in, I also think it's really important to just be um, really friendly and open. I think we do a good job of that, too. Um, yeah. I remember my freshman year, I was debating what team to join. And I was uh, pretty much had my mindset. I was going to join Fringe or CIA, and I wasn't sure. And this is absolutely no dig on Fringe. But the guy who I talked to at Fringe did not remember my name, and somebody in CIA did remember my name. And honestly, I wish there was more thought put into what team I joined. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. I was like, he said my name, so I guess I'll go over there. Um, but yeah, definitely something to think about. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it is the little things that uh, that matter there. That is actually maybe the the best uh, kind of example of it for for the rest of you. Like, why is it you chose? CIA kind of, you know, not having like a full race day of evidence and and stuff like that kind of in this really weird COVID recruiting season. So I came in without knowing really what Buggy was. Um, So as a sophomore, I was first time on campus and it was, it was very interesting because I wasn't expecting to get into Buggy, uh, but I I kind of got roped in by uh, (laughs) by an RA. Um, So (laughs) anyway, so it was great because I, you know, I, I was going in just to like kind of just (laughs) <laughs> to, you want to explain to... a little more? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> anyway. Well, I mean, you don't have to go further. It... No, there's there's some backstory there, but, but regards the, the the advantage is that in CIA the culture was very apparent, and even though I was just some sophomore coming in randomly who had no connection to the organization beforehand, I felt really involved and felt like everyone was was very inclusive, and they wanted me to get involved with the club, even though it was just my first time there. So what was nice is that they gave me like plenty of responsibilities and, uh, you know, it wasn't just like I was some brand new member. There was some some genuine role that I could play to make a difference in the org. For me, I didn't, I knew what Buggy was and I had a friend who was an SDC, um, but I didn't know the difference about like between other teams. So then I was looking up the different teams and for some reason the Instagram for CIA spoke out to me the most. So maybe that's a little vain of me, but I also did know somebody on CIA who kind of roped me in, who was also responsible for um, reeling in a lot of other like new recruits. Mm -hmm. I mean, the content, content is king. So I (laughs) get, I also maybe should just hearing them talk. I realized that I do like, I came in knowing buggy. My dad was in buggy. So Mm. I was very determined. I was going to join a team. It was just a matter of what team to join. Yeah. Same for me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. I'm glad to see y'all having, you know, such a defined culture with within that landscape. Um, I mean, it seems as far as I know, like SDC, their personality is still pretty apparent on campus or right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know who else. Apex. Apex like, is, yeah, they have a really strong culture, too. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is a pretty interesting time right now with you know the independence being so strong right last year of the top five pike was the only fraternity up there right um yeah. sdca you all apex a spirit b um mm-hmm. beyond pike and two so that's you know the landscape as it is, whether or not some alumni agree with it, um, uh, just kind of the the world we're in. Uh, but getting, anyways, that's just me rambling. That has that's not a question. Um, uh, 
but I, I guess kind of getting into this year's prep, uh, I know some people religiously read the rules reports and all that, but uh, what has it been like just in terms of prep? Have you been able to have a pretty full schedule? I know I live here in Pittsburgh. The The winter has been relatively mild, um, but, but how have things been just this year working and preparing and all that? Yeah, I mean, in terms of roles and schedule, we've actually we've done pretty well so far. Um, the weather has been kind to us so far, you know, knock on wood, um, <laughs> sort of on our side of things, um, from the mechanic side, at least, you know, preparing all of our materials and stuff for race day, making sure we got all of our wheels, bearings, buggies are in tip top shape, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think we're still in some way in a relearning phase with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, it's definitely better than it was. Well, last year was kind of a weird situation because our head mechanic was someone who had been around for a long time and had seen two, one or two race days, one one race race day. day. Um, But had been around in the org for a while. And then pretty much everyone who was like working around him was new. Um, Mm. And so this year it's a lot of, you know, those new people, myself included, are like in charge of getting everything ready. And so everything we did last year or helped with last year, um, you know, we're aware of, but then there's a lot of other stuff that we aren't aware of. And so there's still a lot of relearning being done. We're still getting a lot of support from some of the, you know, older members who aren't necessarily as involved anymore, but are still around. But yeah, I I don't know how I'm not going to go into specifics on exactly what we do to prepare our materials. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, not the venue for that. Um, that's good. Do you think you'll – are you going to roll four teams again this year, all that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited to roll four teams, and then also there's going to be the all-gender heat, so that's really exciting. Oh, that's cool. Is that um, – so I don't know anything about that. I guess if you want to just oh. explain, um, I have been very bad at uh, following anything buggy-related. I always – go and do a deep research dive um <laughs> the week before race day and then someone hands me a sheet of paper and it kind of sounds like you know what i'm talking about anyways uh all's that to say uh w- would love to hear about that and kind of um if you even have some background and the story around the all gender heat and, and, and what that'll be yeah i just uh the all gender heat is just for anybody who doesn't want to race in the men's or women's heats and it's open to anyone and they can fill out a form and it's really exciting. Yeah. Each team gets to put together one all gender push team. So we're up from eight push teams to, to nine yeah. push teams, which is very exciting. Cause we, we always, I mean, we always try to fill out all eight push teams and sure. I feel like we've been pretty successful in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we just make mechanics push. If, <laughs> if we don't hey, have pushers. D team last year was legendary. <laughs> D team is the mechanics team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, CIAD is always one of my favorite, um, uh, races to watch on both sides yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of heart and, and it you know the <laughs> mechanics some recognition outside of the truck or the tent or whatever so you can put some some faces out there but that's cool so it's almost i, I guess maybe not a full-blown division but it will be is it just one heat or multiple heats between yeah. several oh. teams or yeah it, i think it might be multiple heats between several teams but it's just yeah, just every team gets one push team for all gender. Sweet. That's cool. Um, it is, I think, a really interesting thing, just uh, the evolution of Buggy and how it you know, does tie into culture and, and campus culture and even some of the things with just the men's and women's team binary and women teams always going first. And I do wonder if maybe in the next few years it won't just be women having to start it in the morning. Cause I know just from at least a broadcast and a viewership perspective that um, always kind of gives the short end of the stick. Although I guess it kind of helped with weather last year, but so right. Really good results all around last year. Obviously the, the women's DQ not ideal, but um, you know, would have been, a winning time second place time um hadn't you uh you know failed the the drops test there so uh do you feel pressure on both sides to have a winning time a top three time and kind of what have you been doing to try and secure a top spot we're just 
briefing everybody who's going to be participating in race day for our team about how to avoid a DQ. And we're also practicing at roles a lot of different common DQ methods. Um, that's been our main strategy. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, you know, keeping our times up, I mean, we, we fully, we were, you know, we're playing to win. Um, <laughs> that it comes down to that, right? We feel like we have a shot. We feel like we can, we're playing to win. We are, I don't think we feel pressure necessarily, but I think we expect it of ourselves that we're going to mm -hmm. put our best foot forward and go in competitive. Yeah, I think I think pressure is a bad word, but I do think there's, you know, an understanding that we're in this and we're all trying to we're all trying to put in whatever we can to put up those times. Do you feel any alumni pressure kind of with the success? Because I think, you know, just going back to the fact that, like, there really has been this big leap forward with CIA in the past few years in terms of the competitiveness or is it kind of this stuff from alumni where they're like, wow, like who knew we'd be here and actually competing for titles in 2023? I think alumni are never going to be disappointed with how CIA places because they know that we put everything into it. Mm -hmm. And Natalie also told me and Leo that she was just stunned that we got the number of pushers out on to roles because when she was chair, she remembers six people total coming out to roles <laughs> and uh, yeah. And we're lucky to have the big numbers that we do now. Yeah. yeah like, the, mm -hmm. I was going to say the other, the other day at roles, I think we had um, 27 pushers come out. I was, I was yeah. very, very wow. happy about that. Yeah. And it was like 15, 15 mechanics or something like that. Wow. That's huge. Are there, are there any other teams putting up numbers like that? I'm not sure. I'd Maybe. Be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. I guess obviously not overly going into it, but you know, what does that landscape out there look like this year? Obviously, you know, CIA or SDC is kind of always like the gold standard team to beat. Um, was, was really cool to see spirit win on the women's side. Obviously Pika is very much out for blood. Um, but any, any thoughts on kind of some of the top competition out, this year and what you've been seeing, uh, uh, you know, from roles and just kind of that competitive environment. I don't have many notes on rivalries going on. We're pretty, we're a pretty friendly team, but I think that our relationship with uh, Fringe and Apex has kind of grown stronger in certain aspects. We have a flagging alliance now, mm. and we all flag together for the same for our buggies. I'd say in terms of competition, I don't think we really try to keep track of you know. We're, we're coming after these teams or anything. I think it's more of us just trying to trying to be the fastest we can. And, you know, that's that's been working out well for us. And I think we'll just keep trying to be the best we can instead of focusing on the others. Um, I, I, I do think that's an interesting thing you say on um, uh, the alliance with Fringe and Apex. And one of the, I think, cool evolutions of the sport from back in my day uh, is the cooperativeness of teams and kind of the willingness to um, interact and, and share things and just be friendly and not just like constant espionage and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so I guess I'd be interested if you want to go a little bit more into kind of what some of those relationships are like and what it is just sort of on a day-to-day -day level, you know, being more friendly or, or open with teams and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, we all want the same thing. We just want buggy to be a fun sport. So if that means that in the morning we need to sweep a certain portion of the course, then we'll come together and sweep that portion of the course. Um, it's just nice being friendly with every, I wouldn't enjoy roles as much if people weren't as friendly on other teams. I also think, um, I, as I mentioned a little bit, I was the, the build lead last year and, you know, we, as every build does, you know, run through some, some problems. And I think that it's really nice how, especially like right now in buggy there's a, a, a depending on the team a sense of you know even helping each other with bill to some degree mm. as long as it's you know nothing that's going to be uh, reveal any of your secrets i think that there's a, a great bit of openness and a, an acknowledgement that we're kind of all in this together and it's been really great especially coming out of covid you know trying to figure out how do you build a buggy you know not only do we have all of cia's resources which has been huge but also having other teams um, you know in particular apex they went as far as to actually uh, give materials when we're running out. That's um, awesome. So you know, it, it was it, it was great. I think uh, 
the buggy would have been uh, in much worse shape <laughs> if we did not have uh, Apex giving us some parts there. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, you know, it seems like, especially since COVID, there's really been this all in this together um, vibe, not to be too high school musical. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, is there a sense that you all felt that? I know. It, alumni like to panic and be reactionary but I, I think kind of there's this thing of like is buggy gonna die because there hasn't you know been race days for for a couple years but um what was kind of the sense of you know especially last year into this year of just all right we are the stewards of this thing we haven't had that much hands-on experience with and any pressure or just like what was kind of that energy of like it, clearly you all love buggy um, and kind of that motivation to make it happen and maybe pressure or lack thereof. I have some comments that aren't CIA related, but Sweeps has been trying to um, really ensure that Buggy doesn't die out. Mm -hmm. And this year they even were testing out a new type of design comp where all teams are required to participate in design comp. Mm -hmm. um, unless if there's, there could be exceptions made um, if a team is struggling with other things, but that's kind of exciting in different ways. Yeah. I mean, I think again, we owe a lot to some of the older members who maybe overstayed what they were intending to, oh, you know, yeah. not, well, not overstayed, not in like a negative way, but, you know, kind of stayed in leadership positions or stayed in very active roles longer than they necessarily would have wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people, especially in CIA, you take on, you know, these high, workload leadership positions as a junior and then you kind of kick back and relax and just like laugh at the younger kids as a senior sure. um and i think some of the some of the seniors coming out of covid um or you know that first, last year first year after covid um really stepped up uh and helped bridge that gap and so we didn't necessarily feel like we had to run the show that we had never seen before um and we kind of got to watch them do it um, in, in a more involved way necessarily than if we had been, you know, straight freshmen, you know, new recruits. Um, but I think that was a big part of, at least for CIA, how we were able to, to put that whole thing, put everything together for last year. Um, and yeah, I can't really speak for other teams, but that's, yeah. that's how we did it. Another, like speaking more about the alums, we're really lucky to be such a big org because we have such a big alum base and, they were super helpful in showing up for race day last year and helping out even at roles, the first few roles last year, showing up randomly when they could, just helping out with like random things that we were doing and being super helpful in general. Yeah, I want to I want to touch on that a little bit. Um, I think the, the alum are have been huge um, coming in uh, with the build last year. I was uh, first made build lead when I was a sophomore. And then we had COVID and we came out of COVID and we, nobody had been in a build. Uh, well, we had the old, uh, some seniors who remained, but a lot of us who had, had never had a build. Um, and beyond that, even before that, we had never even designed a buggy. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, this Roadrunner would not have been made without our alums. It would not have been made without our older members. It was great that we could have so, much, so many resources for that team that was making Roadrunner to really help us figure out what we were supposed to be doing and how to do it. And kind of touching on that, now that we have that knowledge within the organization and the experience, because we had Roadrunner, and now that's transitioning towards our build 27, build 28, these future builds. So we're kind of returning to that normal point where we used to be, where we had this transfer knowledge every single year where younger members would be involved and then transition to becoming the leadership for that next buggy. So it's been really nice to have uh, people like Leo, people like our past build leads still uh, hanging on and giving us the input. Yeah, and I, I will say that kind of hanging on thing is a tried and true uh, piece of <laughs> buggy history. Uh, even without a pandemic, there's always a couple people who somehow are around for six years. Um, <laughs> they end up being part of the Buggy Alumni Association at the end. Uh, there's, a, there's an old phrase in CIA about people who end up staying for a fifth year doing a, a buggy additional major right. and end up having to stay. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is like, I think you do your buggy major you're in four years and then your fifth year you're like okay shit i gotta actually take some <laughs> now. um which you know i uh, i i think by and large all those people end up successful and happy in life so um we're at least gonna say so here on this podcast uh, <laughs> 
Um, that did also, and, and this may require you to comment more on other teams you might not know about, but it sounds like, you know, a lot of weathering all the chaos of COVID was, was possible because of a really good alumni base and, and some people who stuck around. Do you feel like there was any separating of teams even where some of the really experienced ones, it seems like the status quo is kind of there, but some of these new ones who are really trying to get up and running kind of are like, wow, really at square one and not um, able to do so because they didn't have the people to get them caught up or because of the collaborative environment, does it still feel kind of even um, out there with, with some of these other teams? Yeah, I mean, actually, some of the newer teams um, that we've seen, I don't know, maybe newer team is not the right word, but some of the smaller teams, teams who maybe took a year off before COVID or the year off right after COVID, um, have actually come out pretty strong. I'm thinking of like DG and Sig Nu, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of DG. I don't know when the last time before COVID was that they rolled, but they, they were pretty fresh. They had a fresh buggy coming back or a newly bought buggy coming back <laughs> right, last year. Right. Um, Signu pulled some old buggies out of an attic somewhere um, last year. I think they didn't roll in 2019. They didn't roll in 2020 when we had the abbreviated race day for sure. Right. Um, and they've actually been pretty strong coming out of COVID. Signu especially, um, you know, got a trophy last year, got their sixth place finish, um, finished a new build and unveiled it at the beginning of this year. It's um, beautiful. Yeah, it's really pretty. <laughs> Um, but I think, I mean, that's more than most of the experienced teams can say, um, at this point. So I think actually, yeah, those, I mean, those teams do have, uh, you know, as far as I know, some support from, you know, alumni and from previous years of racing and stuff. Sig News build was kind of, you know, not, it wasn't a fresh build. They had been working on it for a bit as far as I know. Um, but those teams, yeah, those teams have done pretty well coming out of COVID. I don't think that they were really behind any of the experienced teams at all. It's also been great. Um, I think Apex is also doing really well out of COVID. I mean, at this point, they're a little over 10 years old, so they're not super new. But, um, you know, CMU, I, th- I mean, not CMU, sorry. CIA, we're pushing 55, maybe? 53? 53. Something. Was yeah. CIA 50 last year? But it, was it, was not, a, it wasn't supposed to. Yeah, it was like uh, a COVID 2020 thing. was CIA 50. I think 50 so was meant to be 2020. Yeah. Yeah, so then 53. Yeah, so I mean, you know, just with that, there's, I think we're almost an outlier with the amount of alumni that have been, well, I guess, I guess Pico might have us beat, but uh, there's a lot of, (laughs) we have a lot of alumni and, you know, just seeing all these other teams really succeed has been great as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, right, we're, we're a month out, plus minus, uh, from race day, uh, are there any big focuses you all have in terms of like, what are you doing in this final kind of, uh, it is actually exactly one month away from, from race day finals. Um, uh, big push you all have to, to make sure you really get the results that you want, uh, this year. So traditionally for build, uh, the, the last month before race day is a really hard push to just finish a buggy. Um, mm-hmm. and then this year, since we don't have a buggy coming out, uh, we're in a different spot. So we're, we're kind of transitioning our focus from, you know, how do we finish a buggy? How do we set the next year up to how can we use these next 30 days to, to make our current buggies better? So we've kind of transitioned our build personnel towards projects that are going to help on race day. I'm not going to touch on them specifically, but sure. uh, we, we do have some things coming up that the build people are helping out on a lot. Cool. And then I think from, from a pusher perspective, we've done a great job of recruiting um, and I think, I think there's a, a general sense that, you know, we always have our doors open. If people want to come to CIA, we're always more than happy to have more people. Um, you know, we have nine push teams to fill. We'll take pushers when we get them. Um, but I think there is, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a mentality switch to, you know, now we have push practices coming up. We have all of these, the last couple of days of roles. Um, I think it's been interesting to kind of transition from just uh, brute recruiting, recruiting, recruiting as a push captain to kind of focusing in on, trying to help the people we have, trying to get people to be comfortable on hills, figure out what hill they want and get some practice with it while still recruiting. <laughs> right. yeah, I guess a big focus of mine, Elliot touched on, you know, some of the, the projects that we want to have coming out and what the mechanics are doing on the build side, but also 
you know, these last month before race day with push practice starting up, um, you know, rolls and truck weekend, more important than ever, and just a lot of tasks to be done on the mechanicing side. I think a big focus for me is just trying to keep the mechanics from burning out. <laughs> it's fair. a it's a big time sink um, for us right before race day, just making sure everything's ready, you know. Pushers come out to push practice, with the exception of push captains, they're out there a little longer. But the push practice, the push practices, you know, thirty minutes to an hour for pushers. But that's a, that's a two two and a half hour commitment for us mechanics, right? And we're out there, you know, just as often. So really trying to make sure that the mechanics are still, you know, enjoying buggy um, despite mm -hmm. all of this time sink and trying to keep people excited about race day while also making sure that, you know, they're all ready. They know the rules. We're not going to have any more five second violations. We're not going to have any more brakes test violations. Right. Um, just, you know, trying to keep everyone excited, but also getting everything that needs to be done done, even though it's not all necessarily the most fun stuff. Yeah. As co-chair, my job is to make sure that the officers don't get burnout. <laughs> and also, since CIA is kind of like my child, I have to be super helicopter mom on this one and just make sure that everybody's on the same page so that we're in a good place for race day. Does it, it, it feel like there is a pretty good amount of team cohesion at this point and kind of buy in with everything? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that we have. I mean, we had it last year as well, but I think it's probably, it's definitely stronger this year. I think we all, we all feel like we're working towards a common goal and we're all friends and we're all, we're all having fun doing it together. <laughs> that's good. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, I realize that's, that's, one that's, of those, status quo. <laughs> that's one of those questions where, uh, you know, I, hopefully that's the answer. And if not, exactly. <laughs> um, or maybe not something you would share on here. Uh, how much um, uh, turnover is there kind of from the, the A teams last year on the, the men's and women's side to this year? Is it a pretty good continuity? Or are there going to be a lot of new people stepping into roles or? Um, I think, I think that is, uh, I'll just get right into it. I don't know why I'm preambling. Um, <laughs> I think our women's team, well, I know our women's team has a lot of carryover. I, we're keeping at least four of our pushers on our women's A team. Uh, most of our women's B team is coming back as well. Um, so that's we're really great to see, if nothing else, just to have all that experience. Um, we might see some changes in hills, some changes in people, just based on you know how people uh, preference, how people perform on push practice. We'll, we'll have to see. It's not like we have our teams preset at this sure, point. Sure, sure. Um, you know, our men's team did take a more significant hit. Uh, I think we're losing um, three, two to three-ish of our men's team. I think um, like three. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I think it might be three to four. Uh, yeah, I, think, I, think <laughs> it, I think four yeah, of our men's A-team pushers are not. Yeah. Yeah, it's either like graduating, study abroad, random things like that. Oh, I forgot study abroad. Yeah. Yeah, so we <laughs> have lost four of our men's A-pushers. Um <laughs> But, you know, I'm uh, even having that being said, we're keeping a lot of our B, a lot of our B are older. We've gotten a lot of new recruits. Um, I am, uh, I, despite the turnover, I am not concerned about our, our A teams. I think, uh, I think we're, we've done well. There's also been a pretty decent number of homegrown pushers, right? Last mm -hmm. year to this year, we've done a lot of development of pushers mm -hmm. and workouts and whatnot. So we, we've taken a lot of people who are on the B and C teams and kind of gotten them ready to be A or B pushers. So mm -hmm. we've done a lot of development that I'm not, I don't know if it happened in previous years, but it's been really nice to see. Yeah, I think, I think I'm a pretty good example of that coming in. I mean, I didn't have a race day until last year and I was a uh, hill to B, uh, but I can promise you freshman year, I was a D team pusher. Hey, this uh, year I'm a D team pusher. So <laughs> I'm excited for my future. Yeah, next, yeah. next year, you better be a B team. Oh, there'll be a nice pushing arc next year. is going to be crazy. Yeah, we're going to be Yellow Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is awesome, though, that, that CIA is at a point where you have like a weight and nutrition program or whatever. <laughs> uh, That's maybe a bold term. Sure. <laughs> But right, some some notion of like leveling up um, pushers and, and and that much depth. Um, so certainly looking forward to that. How how about on the the driver side? We have two new drivers this year, but one of them was a previous mech. Um, I don't know. They have a lot of like they have a lot of regained knowledge. We they talk to our old head drivers, our past head drivers, and also to. Um, CIA founder Lou. 
And, <laughs> yeah. So, so they're pretty confident now. Um, there is definitely some progress made with their techniques. A lot like past alumni uh, for build or for mecking, uh, a lot of the uh, older drivers are, are coming back and giving talks. So uh, from last year and from three years ago, we had some, uh, some head drivers come in and, and give a presentation to our current drivers. So it's just kind of a, a consistent thing throughout CIA where the alumni are really willing and happy to, to come back and, and teach. Now that that's awesome. I, I do think, you know, the, the mechanic culture always is, is one that comes to mind, but I, I do feel like you all have always had a very strong driver culture, you know, maybe sort of low key, but, uh, has been just good throughout. So definitely, definitely excited to see how, um, all of those play out. Um, yeah, I guess and anything you're particularly excited about kind of with race day or looking forward to or like personally um, want to see, you know, beyond just like winning or, or whatever, but, you know, kind of in specifics of, of team performance or uh, people or just the things you, you were looking forward to being a part of. Uh, I don't know. I feel like personally, I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder from the DQs last year. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, as a assistant head mech last year, not directly in charge of all that stuff, but trying to, you know, two of our three DQs were, you know, mechanically related uh, or mechanic related. And so just trying to go in and remedy that and not have that happen again. Um, you know, obviously, obviously winning is priority number one, like you said, but uh you have to not DQ to win. So, <laughs> going, right. you know, I'd be happy with a year of no mechanic related, no DQs at all, no mechanic related DQs on my end is my goal. And um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm shooting for. I'll say mine are a bit more uh, a bit more selfish than Nate's. Um, <laughs> first, uh, I think the 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 only con of doing such a good job recruiting pushers is I am a little worried I recruited myself out of B team, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I I have a little a little chip on my shoulder to try to try to keep myself fast enough to be a, to be on that B team. I think I'm looking okay, but we'll see we'll see. Um, and then second, um, you know the, that first year, well, last year was the first year that Roadrunner was built. There was some questions as to, you know how is it going to perform, how is she going to do out on the course. I'm really happy that, you know, we've done done roles this year. We have a better sense that Roadrunner is uh, pretty good, keeping up with all of our other buggies. So I'm excited to see see how she does on race day. Maybe uh, maybe a B team placement. I don't know. Not saying that. We haven't picked teams, but uh, pretty cool on my end. Roadrunner, Roadrunner <laughs> look, any of our buggies pretty much could still be anywhere. We haven't made mm -hmm. any decisions yet, so. It'd be really cool if I could push her. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'll drop that and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, yeah. do you have a little chip on your shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the main thing is that we missed a day two last year, and I think that was really the competitive aspect of buggies. Okay, yeah. you qualify, but we, right. we want to see that final race, you know, where it actually comes down to the wire. You may have missed uh, day two. Well, <laughs> day two was my exciting day, apparently. <laughs> Wait, Why? Day two morning. Uh, oh, that was, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a story. We can go into that. Yeah. <laughs> you, want, you want to finish what you were saying? Yeah, but, uh, yes, I finished what you were saying, but let's get back to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, just well, getting a second day of race day to finally like, put the nail in the coffin and, and take home whatever place we're going to get would be exciting. Yeah, okay. I guess I can talk about day two uh, <laughs> morning last year. Um, so I, like I said, last year I was assistant head mech. So I was like, you know, I was at everything kind of like a, like a number two, but um, mm -hmm. not really in charge of anything. Laughing at. <laughs> like a number two. All right. Anyways, um, so normally the people, I think there were three people who were allowed to drive the U-Haul, and that was the two co-chairs and the head mechanic. I was not allowed to drive the U-Haul, um, and I show up. I've been talking. I was talking to our head mechanic, you know, the day before, trying to make sure everything was ready for the second day, and he texts me. The night before and he's like hey i can really use an extra hour of sleep are you good if i don't come until like 5 45 instead of 4 45 or something like that and i was like yeah that's fine you know the chairs are going to be there right so, yeah yeah the chairs are going to be there cool someone will be able to bring the u-haul we won't have to carry out you know hundreds of pounds of equipment by hand um i get to the garage in the morning and 
you know, there's maybe two freshmen, three freshmen there um, who had signed up to come help carry out for race day. And we're all just kind of waiting around and nobody, nobody's showing up. No one who can drive the U-Haul is showing up. So, you know, I'm calling people, Ethan, Ethan, are you awake? No, no, no one picks up. Amy, Sam, no one's picking up. So we end up having to carry out like, I don't, I don't put a rough estimate, you know, a couple hundred pounds of equipment from the U-Haul all the way down, you know, the U-Haul by Tepper all the way down to, uh, the bottom of, uh, Hill one where we stage by hand, set up everything by hand. I'm like sending these freshmen to do chores they've never done before on race day (laughs) because no one who's like in charge of anything, not tent related is there. (laughs) Um, and eventually, eventually people show up and pretty much as soon as anyone who's in charge of anything shows up, it starts thunderstorming. Just like Oof. fire and brimstone. Whoa. <laughs> Torrential downpour. So we're huddled in the tent, our tent walls, you know, there's like maybe an inch of water in each corner of the tent. We're like trying to keep the buggies dry and we're all huddled up in the, in the listening to the rain sounds coming from. I think we put rain sounds on the speaker and there were rain sounds outside. <laughs> Why'd you put double rain sounds on? We actually, we didn't know when the rain stopped because the rain sounds were still playing on the speaker and eventually we turned them off and we were, oh, it's not raining anymore. But, <laughs> yeah, so that was, it was, it turned from, you know, a really stressful morning for me into kind of a bonding moment with all of the freshmen who showed up really early and then eventually some of the older members and the leadership who realized they had overslept. Um, <laughs> didn't you also say you like, ran your course walk and to put away the oh FIP signs. oh yeah we like sprinted to move the fifth <laughs> signs because we were going to be late and get fined but there were only four of us there so and they're some, heavy someone they're had heavy. to stay with the tent someone was sweeping because we had to also do that and then yeah i think me and like mateus or something like sprinted the entire course to move the fifth signs <laughs> were you successful with two people yeah we no we did it we got it done we didn't get it's fined doable. you moved the signs with two people maybe we had three it does sound a little ridiculous now, but <laughs> the, adre- the, adrenaline, the adrenaline was pumping. You're calling, you're calling yourself out on your own fisherman story. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was supposed to be there for carry out, but then I was doing Bale's watch until really late. So then I, I asked Ethan if I could sleep in, and he was like, sure. I think he told too many people that they could sleep in. Yeah, because he also no, apparently but... told one of the chairs that they could sleep in, and they had worked out an agreement. Someone overslept. Everyone else had been told they could sleep in. And yeah. then it was me and three freshmen. <laughs> and I was basically a freshman. <laughs> it's always the little stuff like that that makes makes buggy. Any other stories from this year or last year like that that come to mind? I always like to kind of just open it up to wacky stories at this this point in the broadcast. Or I guess it's not a broadcast. All right. <laughs> I've got this one. St- <laughs> I, I've been thinking about this one for weeks. As soon as I heard I was on this podcast, I was like, I've got to talk about it. So last year... Uh, you know, it was the end of making a uh, building roadrunner. Like I said, we were all new. None of us had ever made a buggy before. There was a lot of learning going on while we were also needing to do things. Um, so we wanted to apply a positive pressure to the, like the very bottom of the buggy. And it was me, my co-build lead, Nate and Elliot. And we were there for like two and a half hours just trying to get this vacuum to work. And we could not get it to work. And at some point, <laughs> We've been there for like two and a half, three hours. And we're, than that. yeah, well, this is the start. After like oh, three okay. hours, we were like, we got to find something else to do. Like we can't do what we've been doing. And so we're like trying to figure something out. We were brainstorming, walking around, trying to find new ways to use this vacuum. And finally, we've been there for maybe four and a half, five hours. It's like 1030 at night. We were there since like seven. And we're looking around and I'm looking at them. I'm like, guys. This just isn't going to work. We got we to gotta pivot hard because we also had wet carbon. Like we had to do it now. And so I was thinking to myself, okay, we want to apply some positive pressure to the bottom of the buggy. So we want like some fluid, right, to be pressing against the buggy. And I couldn't think of something. I'm looking around. And finally I see we have these bags of sand that we use to hold the tent down when it's like really windy. And so I'm looking at them and I'm thinking to myself, and at some point I say, like, listen, guys, we've been here for four and a half hours. This isn't working. Sand is kind of a liquid, right? <laughs> if, we, if we empty the sand and we pour the sand into the buggy and then we shake the buggy really hard, <laughs> it'll kind of settle and it'll be like a sand, like a liquid, and it'll apply a pressure where we need there to be a pressure. 
And so this idea was not well received. <laughs> and so at some point we kept like brainstorming and I eventually convinced them. They were like, you know what? You have a point. We've been here four and a half hours. We got no other idea. So we're like, let's try to get, let's try to separate wet epoxy and sand as much as we can. And so we tried to like line what was going on with some stuff. And after a while we just sent it and we dumped probably a hundred pounds of sand into that buggy. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, well, we have to like get it to have, it needs to be like standing almost vertical because this thing's at the bottom of the buggy. And so then we got rope and bungee cords and we ended up dangling the buggy off the table and we tied it to the table and we were duct taping it all around. And at some point the build room looked like a spider web of like <laughs> ropes supporting the buggy. Beachy spider web. Yeah, a very beachy spider web. And so after like five hours, it's like past 11, it's getting close to midnight. We're like, I guess I guess we've done what we've done. There's now <laughs> there is sand in the buggy. We can't fix it anymore. And then we left and we were like, we're going to let this one, we're going to let this epoxy dry for like an extra day, just in case. Maybe that'll fix what we've done here. Uh, and in that time, this was deemed uh, the Dune buggy because Dune had just come out. <laughs> and so, uh, I don't mean to brag, the sand worked. Uh, <laughs> uh, there is sand in Roadrunner to this day, but it did work. So uh, it was a very climactic end of... Uh, a very, very hectic five hours. Oh, I forgot. At one point, we actually had one of my friends yeah, come. Yeah, that was when Anushka came. Yeah. Like, we put, she's very short. We put her in the buggy head first to try to hold stuff <laughs> in place for us. Um, she was, she, I don't know how you got her to agree to that. She did not have fun in that. Oh, she like, I, we like had a lights fixture, like we had like a makeshift light fixture set up so that she didn't like have a panic attack oh in there. Oh my God. Also, <laughs> I was on the phone with her and I started to cry and she was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, we've been here for four hours, not working. And so at some point she was like, all right, I'll come. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? Little, had a little mental break in the middle there. It's okay. <laughs> we rallied in the second half. <laughs> I was like, you don't give me enough credit. I feel like I was pretty warm to the sand idea because no. I remember suggesting that we should try to pressurize the buggy with air because we had a vacuum pump and we could like run it in reverse and try you, to. And then the sand comment was not about you. Okay. Others in the room, did not in the room like were the certainly comment. not happy with the sand. You definitely swayed us very slowly. It took a, slowly. took took some a lot of convincing. Like I will say, like I brought up sand relatively early in brainstorming, and then there was like an hour of brainstorming. And after some point, I was like, "Listen, we've brainstormed for an hour, and we have not found anything better than sand." So at some point, we just gotta send the sand, and uh, yeah, it worked out in the end. <laughs> that is a buggy story if I've ever heard one. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, we integrate the. Anakin sand meme um, <laughs> promotion of this podcast. There you um, go. Uh, wow. Uh, but hey, it, it, it worked, <laughs> which is good. Um, any other wacky random uh, stories like that? I mean, my proudest achievement this year was to get everybody who signed up for roles on a specific day to dress up exactly like Nate. Because <laughs> Nate has a very specific roles uniform, and yeah. that's just PJ pants and sneakers and a yellow CIA hoodie. Wait, you got to be specific. It's the flannel. It's yeah. flannel, flannel plaid PJ pants. Okay. With yeah. the CIA hoodie on top. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen pictures of me in, like, roles report or in... <laughs> There's a very famous picture of me from race day. <laughs> yeah, I pushed D Team Hill 2 last year versus Pike B, and there's a very famous picture of me and the Pike B Hill 1 pusher. That might be CIA internal. No, famous. that's definitely I think it's CIA made the rounds. Maybe I, the alumni haven't seen it so much, but it's made the rounds. So there's for, for those who haven't seen, it's a picture where Nate is in the he's in the zone. He's not looking at anything else. <laughs> the buggy's coming up, he's hill two, and he's eyes locked on the buggy. And then the Pika B Hill one is right in the middle of his lane, standing right in front of the buggy. <laughs> With and a shocked he, expression. Yeah, he like, he like looks over at the camera and you see this look on his face where he goes, oh shit, <laughs> I just DQ'd this team. <laughs> and oh. then Nate 
push the whole hill and he gets back and someone's like, I can't believe Pika just DQ'd on you. He's like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, but basically, I got everybody to show up in Nate's Rolls uniform. Not only did Nate sleep through his alarm for the first time ever, but he showed up <laughs> in not his uniform. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he showed up and everybody was dressed like him. <laughs> Except for you. <laughs> it was the same day as the Donut Dash. I was in, Maybe I should have run the Donut Dash in PJ Penn. You should have run you the Donut Dash. Yeah. It would have made you faster. Next year. <laughs> Oh, if the you donut, go ahead. I was going to say the CIA donut dash contingent this year was uh, pretty fun. That was fun. I, I saw some stuff on that one. <laughs> you <laughs> saw some stuff. Yeah, I went through some stuff on I that one. I was behind you. <laughs> I saw the stuff. I don't this isn't know. quite CIA related, but we had a few of us run uh, donut dash all together from CIA. Mm. Uh, I was trying to beat Leo. He was trying to beat me. We, we thought we, you know, we were like pretty competitive in terms of time. Because it was like... So. It was like, who's going to be the king of CIA and Donut Dash, right? Like, it was none of you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, between the two of us, we thought we both had a fighting chance. Uh, so we go through the first mile. I think I, I'm ahead of Leo by maybe like four seconds or something really close. And I just try to down these donuts because I'm a small guy. I don't think I can eat these quick, but I just try to munch through them. So I get out. Am I ahead of you? Yeah, because yeah. I'm sitting there at the table and I'm looking over at Elliot and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like 30 pounds on this guy. Surely I beat him at eating. And he's <laughs> crushing you. <laughs> Shoving these, dunking in water, you squish them, you just toss them back. So it's disgusting. Point, no, it's <laughs> awful. Absolutely awful. And so at some point I find a new strategy where I'm like, what if instead of eating the donuts, I pre-mash them in water and then drink the donuts? And it was awful. It was one of the worst things I've ever done, but it was really fast. Even your innovative, innovative ideas. Listen, when I have a goal, man, that's the only goal. <laughs> But anyway, so, he yeah. still beats me. He still beats yeah, me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm off the line, you know, like 10 seconds before him. I'm chugging. I'm going. And then I get this, like, deep hit in my stomach. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. God. I just got to run through this. Oh. I keep going for, like, another, like, quarter of a mile. And I'm like, all right, I just got to evacuate. So while I'm running, no stopping, just turn to my left, throw up, keep running. <laughs> Leo, at the time, is maybe, like, 20 steps behind because, me. Like, <laughs> and sees this. Can we talk just, about that? You know, it's just... I, did you get any backsplash? Because that would... <laughs> yeah. no. right. So, like, from my perspective, I'm, like, behind him. And I'm like, oh, he's got, he's got some distance on me. But I think I'm okay. And I see him. And he's slow. And I'm like, I think if I just keep going, I got him. I think these donuts really did him in. And then I see him vomit. And I'm like decently far back. And this guy who's like working the, he was, he's like flagging cars, yells at him, no one saw that. Keep running. Yeah, so there I'm a movie for that? Or? No. No, you can just keep going. So he's like, no one saw it. Keep going. And I'm like 20 feet behind him. And I yell back. I'm panting. I feel awful too. And I make sure to yell back, I saw that, Elliot. <laughs> So we keep going though, and it happens again. I sat in the time, right on the side of the road. Don't stop again. And then there's finally the third time I had to stop, like finally get all the donuts out of my system. And uh, by that time, Leo had passed me handily. So yeah, I, I feel bad for you, Leo, for having to see that. That's just that's yeah. unfortunate. The 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 game of Donut Dash turned from running quickly to not vomiting. At some point, I was like, I think if I don't vomit, I win this for sure. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that. Just um, like, yeah, just like yeah. vomit rolls. Yeah, just like, just like vomit rolls. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was there a rolls report from that? Does BAA do rolls reports? I don't know how that works. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. They do. I don't really read them. Sorry, BAA. Um, <laughs> Somebody. A lot of people oh. do. Um, I, I'm sorry. Um, oh. uh, but uh, what what was vomit roll? Or sorry, real quick before we get into that, I will say. <laughs> If you do have the picture of um, the the Pika B guy and you, oh, uh, yeah, definitely yeah. definitely send it on so we can put it in the show notes. Um, We've got that picture. Just because that's yeah. <laughs> good, always good for people to be able to pull that up. But um, yeah, I guess I guess talk about vomit rolls. We're, we're um, it's exactly it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, somebody vomited on the course during rolls, not once, not twice. <laughs> But three times. Right out of the follow car. Yeah, it didn't stop driving. Just a little spray of vomit. Well, it wasn't three... the driver. It was a passenger. Yeah. That's well, encouraging. Still <laughs> oh. So rules were, yeah. You got to oh. adhere to those follow car safety rules or whatever. Oh. Yeah, that's what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, oof. Oof. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Buggy has certainly had our fair share of hiccups since COVID. I mean, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Any uh, uh, keeping it open. These are great. 
stories. Um, someone likes listening to these, I promise you. Um, uh, if you have any more, if not, we can get into some other wrap-up stuff, but these are always fun to just get down. Um, I feel like there, there were definitely... We brainstormed a few. Do you have... There was... That I got a, I got another build one. There was another time... Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. For a while there, we could not really get the vacuum right. And so <laughs> there was another time where we had to get vacuum on this like this edge and we could not get vacuum. And at some point, again, we'd been there for like two and a half hours and I had to leave. And I was like, I don't know. I don't have any great suggestions. I guess clamps provide pressure. Maybe you can like clamp the carbon down and see if that works. And then I get a, like, I'm, I, I went home, I was doing some stuff and I like, send a text in like an hour and i'm like hey guys how's it going at the at the event and my co-build lead sends me a picture of nate in front of the buggy with like 30 clamps on it <laughs> and he has a mask over his nose and he looks like he's like on the verge of throwing a fit and he like forces a smile and throws a thumbs up <laughs> Sweet. So we have covered a lot of stuff here. This has been definitely interesting and, and exciting for me to uh, kind of just get a little bit of a lay of the land for this year's landscape. I know we've kind of talked about, uh, you know, your your race day objectives this year, um, some stories, just kind of everything leading up to it. Um, is there anything else y'all have you kind of want to just say, I don't know, for the record or for your team or, or, or what you're thinking kind of heading into race day as we kind of wrap stuff up here? We're just really excited and we know that we're trying our hardest and doing our best and we have a really strong team going into it. So we're really optimistic. Cool. Well, you know, I think uh, definitely have a lot of people rooting for you, alumni and and, and otherwise, I think, uh, you know, just really cool to see the the way you all have been able to raise the level of, of CIA and, you know, kind of keep the core cia-ness um intact um you know as someone who's you know moderately followed things over the the history of buggy um so you know i i appreciate y'all uh joining on i know it's um that last stretch here in the second semester which is awful um so thank you for taking some time out uh uh, um, uh, grad i'm glad i don't take classes at cmu anymore um but uh (laughs) Hey, hey, we're having fun. Uh, so anyways, th- thank you very much. Um, we'll definitely see you all out there on the course. Um, anything else for me before we sign off? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having us. We were all super excited to, to come on the show. We've been talking about it for weeks. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thanks for having us. Uh, what an absolute delight. Really fun episode there. Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. If you have thoughts, uh, comments, reflections, uh, please let us know. Go to our Discord, cmubuggy.org slash chat. Let us know um, what you think, any questions, any feedback. Uh, as well, we're always looking for new topics, stuff like that. Uh, we are quickly approaching race day, which I think will be the end of this CTS season. Uh, next week, we have a pretty interesting one coming up. It's... Uh, Less an interview than more a panel discussion, kind of just talking about buggy safety, history of safety, chatting with some safety chairs, going into uh, some of the buggy crash tests that were run by Rachel Schmidt. Um, So that's going to be really cool. Also, as always, shout out Rachel and the BAA for producing this, specifically Rachel, um, all the hard work that goes into it. Uh, So, yeah, tune in next week. We're going to chat safety and then... uh, race day draws near very excited so thanks as always for listening and we'll see you next week on shoot the shit